Hello, this is Dan Russo, head football coach of Island High School. You're listening to the Dan Russo Show on Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's what I call the rally cry. Relentless, like a dog on a bone. We got gas in the tank to go all night. We got gas in the tank to go all night. Relentless, we don't walk alone. Relentless, it's time to get to work now. All right, everybody, welcome into a much earlier in the week edition of the Dan Russo show presented by the red and gray gridiron group and underground sports Philadelphia. I'm your host Kyle Bennett and joining me the namesake of the show and somebody uh, who's been in the news quite a bit over the past you know 48 hours my co-host head coach of Vineland High School football Dan Russo coach first of all congratulations on the win first home win for Vineland High School football since November 5th of 2020. That weight is off the shoulders, a postseason tournament win. Uh, But that's far from the biggest headline as Vineland High School football is is going quite viral on the internet now. We're going to start right with the hot news. Uh, We were up in the booth, myself and Rich Scarpa, on the broadcast on the Vineland Public Schools YouTube broadcast, and uh, we had some suspect behavior from the referees uh on a fourth down play that you know if it's called properly it's a turnover on downs Vineland takes over with about four and a half minutes to go and you guys just have to run some clock up 14 13 uh but instead the ball is moved the chain is moved forward Eastern is given a first down and Vineland High School has been the talk of the town uh, for the past 48 hours now on the internet. And uh, this is your first time publicly commenting on the situation, but uh, the floor is yours, Coach. Yeah, and everyone's seen the video. Now, as we're speaking here, I'm actually waiting for you know a text from someone significant to see exactly what's going on. So maybe we'll, I'll save that for a little bit later in the show. Exactly. Cause I want to get this information fresh out here to uh, our audience and to, um, you know, people out there, I guess it's national news now. So maybe we'll have the guys go on first. And then what we'll do is I'm waiting. I think with the next 15 minutes, I'll have some um, information that's uh, hot off the press here that we could tell our followers and everyone that's, you know, been contacting me, you know, I've been contacted by, you know, leadership in the state level as far as um, our governing body and also with the officials association. So they've seen the video, they're reviewing it. Um, Like I said, in the next 15, 20 minutes, I should have some significant updates. So I don't want to have to talk about it twice. So I'd like to start off just by focusing on the game right now. For sure. uh, you know, how our kids played. Um, you know, obviously every game you played is a lot of adversity. Hasn't been easy. You know, we lost a close one first game of the year by a point. It's really nice to be on the other end of it, winning by a point. So um, the kids were ecstatic. Um, we've got a very young team. The more I start looking at it and breaking it down, I think at one point, because we had some guys down with Hitchens and, um, you know, as a start of the receiver, we had to replace him, I think, with a um, – at the end of the day, a sophomore. So 10 of the 11 starters were sophomores and juniors, and we had the one senior right tackle with Jordan Bennett. So to see the offense move the ball like they're doing and the offensive line with the improvement, 
you know, Coach Gilbert is doing an incredible job with the offensive line. I mean, it starts and ends with the um, offensive line, and that's probably the biggest improvement we've had as a program right now is the offensive line play of uh, Darnell, Herring, um, Alufemi Sode, a.k.a. Jerry, you know, Keyshawn Chestnut, uh, right guard Patrick Gilbert's back. We lost another senior. He's a little nicked up with Julio with his knee. And then we have at right tackle, we have uh, Jordan Bennett. And then at tight end, you know, we had uh, we have Tayshawn uh, Newman. And then Gavin Gallo actually played our other tight end position with our double tight formation. So with the guys we have at our skill positions, are able to advance the ball with that offensive line, getting a good push. You know, everybody at the end of the game knew what we were doing. Direct snap to the quarterback three or four times in a row. Eastern knew it. The Vineland fans knew it. The coaches knew it. And they couldn't stop it. And when you can impose your will on another team at the end of the game like that, that's the sign of progress and a team that's getting better. Um, Eastern had a lot of two-way linemen that we saw on film. We we don't. Our guys, like most of our offensive linemen, will rotate maybe in a little bit on defense. So I think at the end with our O-line, they were just overpowering the guys. We're just running quarterback sneak, five, ten yards a clip, running clock, trying to score at the end. And, um, and like I said, they're improving. They're giving the quarterback uh, more time in the pocket so he can hit his receivers. You know, we've got some good receivers here. Uh, you're going to talk to one of them shortly here. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a lot better to be on the winning end of a you know, one-point win than a one-point loss. And you know, I tell these guys how close this sport is, especially when you're playing the schedule we do. We've basically the outcome of two games here has been determined by two points. Obviously, you know, in football, a touchdown six points. So to come down to something like that, it's pretty significant. So our kids hung in there. You know, we had a good week of practice. It was a shortened week. It's going to be another shortened week this week. But, hey, we like getting right to it. You know, they get a three-day weekend here. We're giving them some time off. Some guys are a little nicked up. They're going to heal up and get ready to go for Monday. Um, looking forward to playing a rematch with EHT. Um, that's a whole nother topic we could discuss. But I, I don't remember ever in my – 10 years coaching here, having 100 kids running out in the field in and out of the handshake line. But, you know, the kids were excited. We didn't make a big fuss. I kept my kids on our side on, of the hash at the end of the game because I don't want any problems. My kids were heated, though. So this next game we were really looking forward to, and it's um, it's going to be a next-level game as far as uh, the passion and um, what my guys are going to bring this Thursday because – not usually done where our kids are running on the field running at you saying you know you're this you're that we beat your ass so our kids are extra motivated this week and uh i'm looking forward to it yeah that that's gonna be an incredible rematch and we'll dive into that as well but uh i also wanted to get your thoughts you know you talked about you know run running dan at the you know the quarterback runs uh, to to kind of finish that game out. It seemed across the board, no matter who was running the ball on Thursday night, you guys were able to you know progress the ball down the field. Talk to me a little bit about you know the game Charles Clark had because it seemed it seemed like even though that first drive of the game against Eastern wound up with you guys punting that six yard run, in my mind, kind of established how Thursday night was going to go. Him kind of being able to get a, a big gain right off the bat, and then continuing that throughout the game. I thought he had one of his best games 
uh, of his high school career on Thursday night so far. Yeah, Charles is still a young back. He's learning how to play varsity football. Um, these young guys skipped a few progressions as far as not paying freshman or JV. He's coming from eighth grade football to last year, playing with the varsity as a freshman and now as a sophomore. But we've uh, tried to stress to him, it's not always going to be there. And if it's not, put your shoulder pad down and just try to get a yard or two. He has a tendency to run side to side a little too much for my liking. So that's something he's corrected. He did a much better job the other night. We still have to work on his, uh, you know, not turning the ball over, which I spoke to him about. He's trying to get extra yards, but it's sometimes as a running back, you just have to, you know, go down, put your shoulder pad into somebody and just get what you can. Um, when you see the quarterback hit the hole, that's what we're looking for, the way Dan runs the ball, the direct snap, just straight ahead, north and south. If you see something, then you extend it. That's the kind of runs that we like here, a little bit of smash-mouth football. So Charles is uh, – improving and trying to do the same but um anytime not only are these guys faster on this level but they have the angle on you so you can't you're not going to outrun them side to side it's just not going to happen it's not a midget ball football anymore and you can run around the field if you're the fastest kid you got better players you know they're going to take the right angles they're going to have really good defensive coordinators and they're um you know they're going to stop you so that's been our focus with charles in particular teaching him you know, north and south running, get what you can. It's going to break. You know, once you get to that second level, he's got some nice moves. Um, but running, you know, east and west at the varsity level, it's just a recipe for disaster. You know what I mean? Definitely. And it's, you know, you want to go forward. That's where the end zone is. Yeah, so he's, um, he's improved every game. At the end of the day, the quarterback and the running back are 15 years old. Both got some experience as 14-year-olds, um, which is kind of remarkable. Um it's just where we were at as a program. They're the best options at both positions. And um, they're taking advantage of their opportunities. And, um, you know, I like what I see. You know, we'll, we'll talk to uh, to Tank about the, the touchdown in just a second here. But I did want to get your thoughts on, you know, that passing play to Tank for that touchdown uh, that he was able to score. Because I thought that was one of the best executed plays from the booth perspective that we've seen all season long, Dan had plenty of protection from the offensive line, which was great. Had his time to, you know, find his spot, find his man, and then Tank is able to, you know, come up with that ball, make that quick turn, and, and run it into the end zone. Uh, just take me through that play and, you know, just your thoughts on how it was uh, how it was executed. Yeah, being, you know, in the moment in the game and then being able to review it, um, totally uh, – went over my head here that he had the two previous passes as well. I didn't realize until I watched it on film. I know he had one, but he had three, three passes in a row leading up to that touchdown pass. So, you know, Tank's a great player. He's one of the smartest kids we ever had here in the program. You know, him and our guest here today, you know, Dan, they, they are in advanced placement classes. They're a year ahead. They're going to graduate after their junior year, which is pretty cool, and take some college credits. They were taking high school classes as eighth graders. So they're extremely smart. They understand what it takes to be successful in football and the, um, the processing for both of them is there. So Tank, you know, and Daniel were on the same page. They were processing the plays. Tank ran excellent routes. Dan was able to get him the ball. And, um, you know, we were able to score right before the half, which turns out to be a huge score because it was such a close game, a one-point victory. So, you know, without that touchdown, it would have been hard, in my opinion, with the two turnovers we had to win that game. So, Tank, um, 
is healthy now. And, um, you know, he's a tremendous player and he's helping us win some games here. So not only was or both of these players, you know, we usually have a defensive or offensive MVP, but they're both the MVPs because and they both play both sides of the ball because it was hard to pick which side of the ball I could have put both of them on because they did such a great job on both sides. You know, Tank with the catches and the touchdown and the blocking on offense and then on defense, you know, keeping the um, receivers in front of them and making the tackles as soon as they called it or knocking it down. So, you know, he did a great job. And if Egg Harbor coaches and players are listening, please throw the ball to number three's way during the game because he'll be ready for you. Yeah, he'll make catches on both sides of the ball. He'll the first game, so please throw the, the ball in the area of number three. I said yeah. it. Coach Dan Russo. <laughs> on the record. Uh, let, let's bring in number three, Coach. Let's bring uh-huh. in Tank Powell and uh, get his thoughts on this game and his uh, his welcome back to the lineup in a big postseason win for you guys. Yeah, as you know, the Powell family is a big name in our program. Last 10 years, we've had uh, Tyreem, uh, Tyrese, and then we have Tyrell now, a.k.a. Tank, and um, they've all done a great job for us. Obviously, we know Tyreem's at Rutgers, plays today at 2.30. Looking forward. Thanks for fitness in before the game because I don't want to miss that. And then we have um, Tyrese at uh, Keene University. They have a bye this week. I actually just spoke with him. He dropped uh, Tank off. And it's uh, going to be exciting to see where Tank lands in his uh, – college process and uh, with the grades he has i could see him playing for an ivy league or a patriot league school just a credit to uh you know tank and his family and all the accomplishments they've done they just keep getting uh, better and better so i'm um, looking forward to seeing him play this thursday night he's uh, had a great off season made a commitment to the weight room he's gotten bigger stronger plays basketball for us and um very smart player, smart in the classroom. What I like about both these guys today is I, don't, I haven't seen one referral, one discipline issue ever. I've never gotten a phone call on either of them, and they're both excelling in school, which is uh, number one here. And I'm very proud of these two guys. But let's uh, let's bring on Tank at this time, all right? Let's bring in the Tank. Thanks. My man. So now we have Tyrell, a.k.a. Tank Powell, joining us here on the Dan Russo Show. Tank, first of all, congrats on the win. Welcome back to the lineup in a full-time capacity. Coach said uh, on the, the show leading into this game against Eastern that you said you were 100%. And, I, you know, just from covering football as much as I do, at this point in the season, it's tough for people to be at 100% coming back from an injury. But watching you on Thursday night, I can fully say you were at 100%. Uh, just talk to me about, you know, what it was like being back out there in a full capacity for this team on both sides of the ball and uh, just, you know, your thoughts on the win and finally, you know, getting that, that snide at home off your guys' back, finally getting a win at home for the first time in two years. Yeah, um, since the Holy Spirit game, I was limited, injured, and I finally got healthy. It felt good to be out there. Yeah, and, you know, your your play on defense, I think, was something that was missing a lot for this team. Just the way that you're able to sniff out the ball wherever it's at, um, you know, to be right on top of it. 
just talk to me about you know the matchups you had against Eastern and what uh what worked for you so well to kind of just find the success you did and and being able to lock in on the receivers that you were matched up against uh in practice we do a lot of tackling circuits like every week and that would make me be able to break on the ball and make open field tackles every time and you know first year with uh with coach Hendricks too just uh, your first time being on the show, too. I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, what's it been like playing for Coach Hendricks on the defensive side of the ball, what he's brought to, uh, you know, this defensive uh, room and everything for you guys and how you guys have been able to kind of – it seems like, you know, he's been here for a while, the way that you guys have been able to respond to him and his coaching style. What's it been like playing for Coach Hendricks this season? It's been great. He tries to put everybody in a position to make plays, get the best out of everybody. And then, uh, you know, the big play on offense, you, you get that touchdown. Uh, you know, I think I told Coach Russo, too, and I'm sure you heard it, it looked like one of the best executed plays you guys have had on offense all season from just the blocking up front from the offensive line, giving Dan enough time to, you know, kind of survey the field, figure out where you were at, find his spot, and then you come up with the big catch and run it into the end zone. Just take me through that play and, you know, what was kind of the, the mindset going into it and then, as soon as you're able to beat your man, uh, what was it like, you know, as you see just open field to get into the end zone? Yeah, two plays prior, I was in the slot, and I ran two ten and outs in a row because we went no huddle. And I'm guessing the coaches saw a matchup they liked on the outside, so took advantage of that. Yeah, so, you know, Dan finds you. Uh, what's the – What's the mindset when you guys go back to the sideline after that play, after you take a lead, you know, in such a pivotal point in the game too, you know, the past couple of weeks, you guys have had your opponents kind of take those type of shots and, you know, be able to score right before halftime or right after halftime. Uh, what's it, what's it, you know, the feeling on the sideline when you guys are able to take advantage of those opportunities? Real great. And when I got off, Dan, Dan made a joke about, because in the Holy Spirit game, I fumbled it. But we still scored, but I fumbled it on the way in. So I completed it this time. And, you know, uh, I think one of my my favorite parts from being up in the broadcast booth and having covered uh, your brother is every game he's locked in watching you guys play no matter what's going on. He's tweeting uh, on Twitter at me during the games and everything when you're making big plays. How cool is it to, you know, just have the support of your brother's uh, even though, you know, they're off playing at the, the collegiate level, they're making sure they're checking in on the tank. It is good. Every time I get done the game, I got a whole bunch of messages from Tyreen telling me about every play I made and Tyrese. You know, and to to have that for you, you know, to have two older brothers who have been through Vineland High School football now playing at the collegiate level, how much of an advantage is it for you just personally to kind of, if you need to, pick their brains on certain things, you know, get advice from them on, you know, different types of uh, situations and stuff. Obviously, Tyreem has been in, uh, you know, big-time playoff games as well. What's uh, what's it like to kind of be able to pick your older brother's brains? Uh, it's, it's great. I can get advice from him anytime and follow his footsteps. And, you know, it's – uh. It's been the, the hot topic of conversation, obviously, and Coach Russo's waiting for, uh, you know, some more word on what I guess we could call the play that has gone uh, quite viral on the internet. What was your reaction when you see all of that go down? Just, you know, instant reaction to Eastern getting that first down given to them and, you know, on the sideline, is it one of those things It's like, okay, like, 
they're getting gifted this opportunity. We got to lock in and, you know, kind of take advantage and, and get this one back. I was on the field at the time, and I didn't even realize that he moved the ball forward and the chain backwards, but I thought he just spotted it bad from the start. Like, because it looked like he went out of bounds and he was short from the, from the jump. Yeah, we were up in the booth, and it, it looked like he was about a half a yard short, you know, when he got pushed out of bounds. And when that all transpired, it was uh, it was pretty suspect, as I said on the broadcast. And, you know, for you guys, when, when that happens and, you know, you got to kind of brush it clean, is, is it just one of those things where it's like, okay, let's, you know, go out there. We got to try to stop them. They obviously score a couple plays later. So what's the mindset as you guys take the field on offense after that happens to make sure you guys come out on top with a win, you go down the field and, and luckily score, you know, with 50 seconds left on the clock, you guys get that game-winning touchdown. But what is kind of the the talk in the huddle going back out on offense after that drive ends for Eastern? I was on the sideline telling everybody, give four minutes of, because we have four minutes of, I was telling them, four minutes of everything you got. And then Xavion just got a good return, put us in a good spot. Yeah, take me through Xavion's return as well because, you know, his first year, uh, you know, doing the the kick return and punt return duties, and it seems like every single week he's just getting better and better and, you know, more comfortable with uh, with the return duties. But take me through what's going through your head when you see Xavion make that turn up the field and give you guys just impeccable field position. I had, I had a feeling he was going to get, a, get us a good return because I know he was mad about the touchdown on defense and then – Everybody was jumping up on the sideline, happy for him. You know, Coach and I have talked this year, too, about just how this core of of violent high school football and this group in particular is made up of a lot of underclassmen, a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors. To be able to have this opportunity to play in this postseason tournament for the first time uh, that it's been presented to, you know, South Jersey and everything, uh, to get that experience of a win like this together – how much do you think that does for this particular team, you know, going into next week against EHT and beyond? And then, you know, moving forward for years to come, being that a lot of this group is going to be together next year as well, how much of a, you know, bonding and how much of a learning experience is this that's going to be positive for this program to, you know, moving forward? It's great um, building a lot of team chemistry. But the main thing is what we wanted to – um. We're taking it one game at a time, but we all want to get revenge on EHT next week or this week coming up. Yeah, so you guys get the big win against Eastern, and now you have EHT on the schedule, a rematch, uh, you know, in a game that I can, I think I can speak for you guys. You feel like you should have won that game. What's the, you know, mindset going into practice this week and, uh, you know, just staying locked in, focused, and, you know, learning from some of the film that you guys will be able to watch since you have played them already this season and kind of fixing those mistakes you made and making sure that uh, it's not the same result as a couple of weeks ago and you guys are coming out with another upset win. You got to go hard every day in practice and listen to the coach's game plan, execute it. Tank, I love watching you play every week. Keep doing your thing, man, and uh, congratulations on the win. Looking forward to EHT, and hopefully, like Coach said, EHC's throwing the ball to number three. Thank you. The pals are the best, Coach. Yeah, what a great kid. Um, captain of the team. 
you know, checks all the boxes, does everything we ask. Very respectful. Um, young man here, coaches coach him up. They're just, yes, sir, yes, coach, just like his brothers. And um, Tyreem Sr. and Stephanie did a great dra- job raising these boys. And um, they're great kids. And, uh, you know, very happy that we've been able to have all three of them in our program. So, you know, like I said, hopefully they throw at the tank a few times uh, Thursday night and he can pick them off. Might have to get shirts, mate. Throw it to number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's um, it's definitely big help having him healthy uh, last game on both sides of the ball. I'm trying to give certain players, you know, some some rest when I can on special teams, but um, we'd love to have him out there every play. And I wanted to pick your brain on this too, Coach. You know, I asked Tank about it, but to have him have the opportunity to pick the brains of his brothers who have gone through Vineland High School football and obviously Tyreem very active on uh, social media as well. During the games, he's watching no matter what's going on, even though he's got things he's got to, you know, be focused in on for Rutgers. He's making sure he's checking in on his younger brother and how he's playing and, uh, you know, texting him after games and everything. How special is that, you know, just to see, you know, alumni, even though they are related, still checking in on the program and, and making sure that uh, the tank is uh, performing up to standards of that pal namesake. Yeah, it's awesome. And you just reminded me, I always um, text Tyreem good luck and he texts us good luck all the time. And I guess they play in a couple of hours. I might be late with this, but I'm going to try anyway. I got to tell him good luck today against Minnesota. So he's always in touch with me as well. He's a, he's a great guy, you know. One of the best players ever to put that red and gray uniform on, and um, it's great having a person like that, great player like that, great person in the community giving back to the Vineland kids in our program. And Tank is extra lucky to have two older brothers that you know have been through our program and now play in college and can give him good advice. And you know, Tank will be playing in college soon, and then we'll be watching Tyreem in the NFL. So we'll have. One pound in the NFL and two in college playing at the same time, so I'm looking forward to that too. And I asked Tank too about uh, Xavion's return, which, you know, with everything going on, it, it almost you know slips your mind. But take me through, you know, seeing Xavion run that that kick return back for you know almost a touchdown, uh, and just his progression as well this season. You guys give him those uh, those duties of the the kick and punt returns uh, for this team as a sophomore. And, uh, you know, it seems like each and every week he just seems more and more locked into that position and, and really taking the reins with it. Uh, but just take me through that that kick return and what you saw from Xavion in this game and how he's kind of been able to progress, uh, you know, at the special teams level for this team, not only as he has on defense as well. He's learning what it takes to be a varsity football player. We've held him accountable. It's like we hold all the kids accountable for some things, meaning – but they're doing what's required here. Um, so it's been a learning process for him as well. He's young. He's another sophomore. It's done an excellent job, but he had a good week of practice. Didn't miss anything. And um, we put him in a position to make some plays for us. In addition to the nice kick return, he did an excellent job fielding punts. I want to say he had at least three, maybe four, where if he didn't fair catch it, he gave us a nice return and some good field position. But you know, for a young kid, 15-year-old kid, seeing a ball 
by a high school punter way up there in the air with those lights on a during a night game. Um, it's, it's it's not easy to do. So he did a nice job of feeling the punts, and they, that really helped us too with field position the whole game. You know, in addition to having our great punter with Colin Greif, you know, we have a great returner now here with um, Xavier Diaz. And, you know, to go out there and compete, Eastern had a lot of seniors that I noticed um, when it was live. And they were they were close football, you know, had a lot of close games this year, kind of similar team to us, had a few sophomores and juniors sprinkling them. But they had definitely way more seniors playing than us, you know, across the board, especially the big 74. Five, I want to say, or was he wearing 76? I think he was wearing 76, but on the roster he was 75. Yeah, so, and that roster was wrong. The kids were asking him, you know, certain things. Ended up he weighed 420. He was 6'6", 420, and could move, I tell you. Yeah. I was very impressed with him. He was him. very agile, like had, you know, for his size, he had a twitch to be able to move and, and yeah. create, and that was very impressive. And he played both sides of the ball, and, you know, I think 55 was their DN. He was very physical. I saw him on tape. Uh, he was a senior, and I feel like seven was the other end, um, captains, and there was a few others. But they, they definitely had some seniors, and they gave us everything they had. You know, I feel like we deserved to win that game. But the best team doesn't always win on the scoreboard. And um, fortunately for us, it worked out. Getting back to Xavion with that big return. Everyone's looking at Xavion run, and I'm looking behind him to the left because I've been doing this a little while. I was looking for laundry on the field. So yep. I'm thinking, please, no flag. Please, no flag. Please, no flag. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone's cheering and freaking out. I'm to the left just looking at a bare green field. And, and you're like, uh... and I'm like, please. And then it ended up. We got the ball, I think, maybe on the 20 or 25, whatever it was. It was mm-hmm. great field position. And, um, you know, we were able to uh, impose our will, and the O-line just stepped it up and played fantastic and did what they had to do to move the ball here with our you know, with our quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned last week, too, uh, leading into this game where you were getting guys back healthy from injury and that, in this game afforded you the opportunity to put Gavin Gallo at that, that secondary tight end position. I thought he was an unsung hero in a lot of instances out there, you know, was able to uh, really use his brain from what he uses on the offensive line side of things to translate that to the tight end position. It's not always as easy as it sounds. I thought he, he was pretty impressive coming back and, and playing a new position and being able to go out there and, be part of a, a winning formula. Yeah, he's very athletic. Um, we had him play an offensive line, but with some of these guys um, progressing, you know, with Alufemi Sode stepping up and playing left guard and, and Keyshawn Chestnut stepping up and playing center. Um, we've been able to put him in a position where I think he fits in better with, uh, with Gallo. He's more of a tight end, H-back type. So now that these other guys have stepped up, we've gotten stronger at that position because, you know, that's probably where Gallo should, it's where Gallo should be playing, and he is now. We had him on the O-line because we didn't feel like we had guys ready to do that, but we've had some guys step up and do an excellent job. Like Jerry's a first-year football player, um, and I can't say enough great things about him. He's a special one, and um, he's getting better every week. And, you know, it's new to him, and he's, he's excited. You know, he's excited to play football. 
Um, he wasn't allowed to play football before, and um, he was able to convince his mother to let him play. So we're real happy about that. And, you know, when I was recruiting him to play football, I just asked him, did you ever see the water boy? <laughs> he said, no. We'll watch it and get back to me. That's just a joke. I'm kidding. But he, his mom is on board with it. He's a basketball player. He's like a mini Charles Barkley on the basketball floor. So he's a real fun kid to coach. Yeah, and he's, you know, from the Washington Township game to now, he's translated yeah. into just a, a superstar in the making on that offensive line. He's so much fun to watch because for somebody who's never played football, you would think he's been playing football since he was, you know, five years old. Yeah, they're actually – the O-line's starting to pancake people, which I like. They're starting to put them right on their backs, which is considered a pancake block. So it's real exciting to see, and they're all back next year, every one of them. I mean, we lose Jordan, but we'll have Jameson replacing him, and we'll have um, – could be potentially be the best offensive line we've ever had since I've been here. Yeah, they've been fantastic, and they've been blocking for uh, our next MVP of the game. Dan Russo, your son, uh, the QB and linebacker extraordinaire. Let's bring him in on uh, the show for the very first time, the Dan Russo show featuring Dan Russo. Uh, and, you know, we'll pick his brain on both sides of the ball and, and see how he thought the game went and get his perspective on uh, this rematch with EHT. Yeah, well, fortunately, he takes after his mother. That's why he's so athletic. He's got good genetics. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he's done a nice job for us. Like like we've discussed, we have a lot of sophomores, juniors doing some big things. Um, in addition to his athletic skill set, like I mentioned, him, Tank, and, and Daniel are um, excellent in the classroom. I'm really proud of them. I think they're the first two players I've had in this program that were um, a year ahead in their academic um, record here as far as um, – taking high school classes as eighth graders. I actually looked at their transcripts and didn't even understand it. Um, but both of them are going to be able to take college courses as seniors here at Vinyl High School. It's something, you know, that's been set up in the school system. It's a positive I'd like to, uh, you know, just touch on here with our fans so they know what's going on here. But some of the great things, um, that's one of them. So he's another kid. I think they could play Ivy League or possibly Patriot League in his progression. Um, it's nice having, you know, a big quarterback like that get, that can run and throw. And then we ask him to help us out on defense playing linebacker. So, and he's actually long snapping for us now, which um, we asked him to help us out when Gallo went down. So for the last month, I want to say the last four games, he's been long snapping and doing an excellent job with that as well. So with no further ado, I'll let you uh, talk to him and I'll be back. Perfect. Dan the man. So what's up? It is uh it's been a long time coming to have you on uh on Pop's show. Um you know, same name, so it's it's fitting. Now it's now it's your show. Uh but <laughs> take me through uh you know, this game against Eastern. Let's talk about that touchdown first to tank. Because I mentioned to Tag, I mentioned to to Dad that it felt like one of the most flawlessly executed plays you guys have had all season. From the blocking that you were able to get on that play, gave you enough time to kind of see down the field, kind of survey your options, and then you're able to hit Tank uh, where he's able to beat his defender and run it into the end zone. 
take me through that play. What was kind of, you know, going through your mind as, as soon as you see that you have that time and that blocking in front of you to, uh, to pull that one off. Yeah. I'd like to say thanks to the line, perfect protection. And I knew we needed a big play and had to go to most reliable receiver, which is tank. And I saw the safety come down. So I just had to take advantage of that. And, you know, this game, very, uh, very similar in terms of just, you know, back and forth and, you know, for you guys to able to lock in in, in key points in this game uh, was massive for you guys to come away with the win. But take me through, you know, that huddle post the the play where, you know, the ref moves the chain, moves the ball. Two plays later, Eastern's able to score a touchdown to take their first lead. What's kind of the message on the sideline with about four minutes and change to go uh, so you guys don't, you know, hand it away. You guys stay locked in and know that you still have an opportunity to come away with a win. Yeah, obviously that play is it's crazy. I, yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought it was a bad spot to begin with, but I didn't realize just like Tank that he actually moved the ball, which is bizarre, but I don't know what was going through his head. I talked to the other ref about it, and he said it wasn't his call, so there's nothing you can do. But at the end of the day, calls aren't always going to go in your favor. So I knew what I had to do. To I knew we had to go down and score and win the game, and that's what we did. And, you know, to, to kind of keep everybody composed, you know, being the quarterback on the team, one of the leaders on this team, uh, what's your message to the guys to, you know, just stay focused, stay composed, so that way things don't unravel from, you know, some teams – that can happen. You know, a team can unravel from a moment like that happening and it kind of deflates you and, you know, you, you kind of lose the wind in your sails, but you guys stayed focused. You were able to, I think, have some tenacity on that, that last offensive drive to go down there and score. And I think it all started with Xavion's return as well. Um, but what's kind of the message to just stay composed and, and not lose focus? Yeah, definitely. As soon as I came off the sideline, I knew it's going to come down to last minute and we needed a big play and uh Xavion's return that was incredible put us in a tremendous spot and I as soon as I the momentum switched as soon as he broke that and it was amazing and I knew right then that we were going to win yeah and I mean for this team too in particular and you know coach and I have talked about this week in and week out you guys are a young group it's a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors, a lot of just underclassmen in general. For you guys to get this experience of this postseason tournament, you know, the first time it's been implemented, you know, there's been some teams that have said, hey, we're packing it in for the season, we're done. But for you guys to get this opportunity to keep playing, to go out there and have a game like this where I'm sure when it's all said and done and, and you guys are, are graduated and everything, this is a game you'll look back on and, and remember for, you know, a long time. Um, just from all the events that have transpired from it. But, you know, for this young core to get a win like that, have a game like this under your belts, what do you think it does for you guys momentum-wise going into this next game and just, you know, for the future, for you guys to have that winning experience together in a situation like that, knowing that you'll be, you know, together for at least the next two years? Yeah, I would just like to say thanks to Coach Russo for putting this together for us and, it's definitely building chemistry with the team. And as we like continue each game, we just keep getting better and better. And yeah, we're a young group, but our seniors still, still do 
Like, I love our seniors. They're great guys. But, yeah, we're definitely pretty young, and I think we're just going to keep getting better and better. And, you know, take me through. You're the quarterback, obviously, but you play some linebacker as well, and I think you're you're just as talented on the defensive side of the ball as you are uh, in shotgun or under center. Uh, but take me through, you know, the, the defensive mindset for you. What switches, if anything, you know, from when you're playing quarterback to going out there and playing linebacker? Is there anything that you, you know, mindset kind of switch up obviously it's a different position but do you play with a little more tenacity and a little more you know grit and as the as you guys say have that dog in you uh you know when you go to the defensive side of the ball yeah definitely something in my mind definitely switches on the defensive side I'm definitely more dominant and I don't have to I don't want to say think as much because I definitely think but like on on the offensive side definitely got a take in a little more factors of how the defense aligns and all that. But on defense, it's more of a, yeah, I see how the offense aligns, but I know I got to be dominant and I'm definitely more aggressive. And I think it's, I like hitting. So it's more and fun. You know, I love when you're able to get after the quarterback. Cause every time you do, I'm up in the booth and I say, it's quarterback on quarterback crime. Uh, you know, how fun is it for you knowing that you're a quarterback as well, but you're playing linebacker and you get to go out there and, you know, rough up some of these other quarterbacks and be like, Hey, this is what it's like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I could relate to the quarterback. So I know when you're getting pressure, you feel uncomfortable. So when I'm blitzing, I know I got to do my best to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. And that's what I, I try to do. You know, you shouted out your offensive line. And, uh, I think this year, in all the years I've been doing the show with Coach, this is one of the best and, you know, just week-by-week week progression-wise, just the the way that this offensive line has been able to gel has been the best, in my opinion. Talk to me about what it's been like playing in front of these guys, even with some of the, the changes that have been made throughout the season. It seems so seamless across the board for some of the new guys that have come in midseason. Um you know play at different positions whether it's due to injury or just you know a coaching decision makes more sense um talk to me about this o-line and what it's like playing behind them yeah as coach Russo said coach gilbert he's been doing a fantastic job with the offensive line each week he has his own individual period with them and even on the sideline when we're on defense he talks to the offensive line which is great know what they got to do and yeah they've been tremendous getting better and better each week and I don't know if you saw, but they knew exactly what we were going to do. Just run right up the middle. They were loading the box with probably like eight players, and they still couldn't stop us. And it's all credit to the line. They're doing great. Yeah, it seemed like you guys were able to, like like Coach said, impose your will uh, in the running game, whether it was you, Charles, you know, whoever was kind of running the ball. You guys were able to find holes and, you know, hit them for big gains. Talk to me about, you know, just throughout the game, what was it like seeing that you guys were going to be able to have those opportunities to run the ball and establish the run, and that opens up opportunities like you had to hit Tank for that touchdown. It opens up opportunities for you to pass the ball on some of these quick passes because you are able to you know, pick up so much yardage on the ground. Yeah, definitely. You know, When you could just keep doing the same thing over and over again and you can't stop it, they tend to, the defense tends to like expect the same thing, and that – opens up opportunities for like passing and that play to tank. They weren't expecting it because we were just driving down the field and the offensive line just doing exactly what they have to do. And they've been like perfect. Like 
I can't describe how much I'm thankful to have the offensive line that I do. You know, they've been getting better and better each week, and we've been driving the ball, and it's an amazing feeling to see the defense getting tired and tired, and they just can't stop you. And, you know, for you as, as a sophomore, uh, some coordinator changes from freshman year to this year. What's it been like, you know, playing for Coach Tucker and Coach Hendricks and what they've been able to, you know, present to this team and, you know, present some new opportunities for you guys, uh, you know, this year that have really worked? And what's what's their message been like for you since you play on both sides of the ball and get an opportunity to work closely with both of them? Yeah, it's been great. Both coaches are excellent and they both have their own unique skills that they bring to the to the table. And Coach Tucker, he's amazing. He, he coaches the running backs like excellently and he works on footwork and Coach Hendricks, he's always as Tank said, always putting us in positions to make the play. And he he's they both work so hard to watch film and they prepare amazingly and I just, the coaches are really good. And, you know, uh, Coach mentioned, too, you're, you're long snapping now. It was kind of a hush-hush a, a couple weeks ago that uh, you were taking over the long snapping duties. So you also get a, a taste of what it's like to be across a, a special teams version of an offensive line. Uh, talk to me about what it's been like long snapping, the, the trials and tribulations of, of that, and, you know, what it takes to, to be a long snapper. Because I think a lot of people don't realize – how difficult that can be um, just because of, you know, how far you have to get the ball back. It's, it's much different than a, a traditional center. Um, but what's it been like long snapping, working with Colin, who has been unbelievable for you guys. Um, but what's the, what's the long snapping life been like? Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I got to work on it a lot, but yeah, Colin's been great. Even when the snap isn't right there, he jumps up, catches it and still, it's a beautiful kickoff, and even when it's low or whatever, he, he still gets it out amazingly and fast. But, yeah, it's definitely been it's been a little hard. I've been trying to work on it a little bit. But I think it's 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 good for me to get me involved in something like that. And so something else for college that I could work on. And when I release a snap, I could run out and try to make a play for the team. Yeah, so you, you get to awesome. turn that tenacity on again. Yeah. Um, talk to me about Colin too, since you get to work a little bit closely with him now doing the long snapping duties, he has been just a weapon for you guys across the board, whether it's kickoffs, punts, you know, he's got a field goal under his belt now. Uh, what's it like to have just a a Swiss army knife of a special teams player like Colin? Yeah, definitely. Last year, our special teams were, wasn't up to par as it is this year. And this year with Colin, he's been, when you have good special teams, you have a good team. That's what I've been telling him. And if we could execute special teams correctly and it just puts the offense and defense in good positions to make plays. So you guys get that rematch with EHT this week. Talk to me about, you know, just getting that, that second chance opportunity against them. Obviously, two coaches have a lot of history together. You guys played them earlier this year, and I told Tank this too. I think I speak for the entire team. You guys feel like you should have won that game. Yeah, I definitely think we should have won that game. Just fortunate some plays happen and should have won the game, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing them again, and I think we have a good chance. And as Coach Russo was saying, those kids running on the field definitely made us a little agitated and looking forward to playing them again. And, you know, coming off a win like this too, 
as big as it was, obviously it's, it's your guys' first home win since November 5th of 2020. Um, but as big of a home win as it was, the circumstances, you know, kind of a walk-off win, if you will. Um, how do you use this win to carry momentum into this rematch with EHT, but also not let it overpower you guys and kind of, you know, make you lose focus on the task at hand, which is now EHT. Yeah, definitely. Getting a win definitely builds our momentum, but uh, you always got to stay in the middle. You can't get too high or get too low. You got to stay right in the middle. And that, that's where we are right now. We're focused and we're ready to bring it to EHT. Dan, keep doing your thing. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to uh, call your games. It's it's always fun watching you go out there on the gridiron every single game day. So keep leading this team in the right direction, man. Looking forward to you going out there and balling against EHT. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. <laughs> Being able to, uh, you know, for him to, for Dan to be on all three phases of the ball, I, I think it can't be overstated enough how much talent that takes and how much, you know, just smart and, you know, wisdom that takes to be able to, compartmentalize three different positions that take so many different skill sets across the board. Yeah, you know, um, we needed some help, like I said, long snapping. Fortunately, Gallant, uh, Gallo was out, and um, I was looking for a long snapper and tried a few kids out, and Dan was whipping it back. I said, guess what, you're a long snapper now. So he's uh, been working on that every practice now, and um, he's done a, you know, a heck of a job for us. And uh, – you know, it's a fun group to coach. Obviously, we've had we had a tough month in October, but they stayed focused. They worked hard, and they got it done. You know, we never played Eastern before. They've had a lot of success. I know Coach Spittle was there. He's now at Rutgers. And um, it's a really good program. And like I said, in 10 years I've been here, we've never played them, so – They've, they've had sectional championships. They've had a lot of success in the playoffs. So it wasn't an easy game. They had a lot of close games. I looked at their scores, looked at their film, and um, I knew they were going to give us everything they had. And credit to their staff to keeping them motivated as well. 100%. And, you know, I just asked Dan this, too, to get your perspective. In a win like this that, you know, has so much emotion and so much, you know, behind it, how do you – kind of take it as a, a piece of momentum to push forward against an EHT that that'll be a, a big time emotional rematch, uh, but also not let it, you know, detract from the task at hand. That is your next opponent. You know, it's excitement. It lights fire in your program to get them extra motivated inside, you know, they get a taste of winning. It's a young group, you know, and trying to send these seniors out the right way. You know, we take it a game at a time, but we knew what was at stake here, and, and they really wanted to be able to play EHT again. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I have a history with the coach, Coach Stetzer, a real good guy. They made some plays last time. We played them, some big plays that um, we definitely got to 
eliminate and um, you know do our thing. It's going to be a fun game, good atmosphere. It's going to be five o'clock. Is kickoff. It's going to be at EHT this Thursday, and um, it's going to be an old school Cape Atlantic rivalry game. And um, you know we're trying to get win number four and double our, our win total from last year and keep building. You know, and that's what we're doing here. How fun is it for you that you get a rematch against Coach Stetzer as well? You know, to to have that that history that you have with him, and you know, obviously he gets the win uh, in the regular season. Now you get a, a postseason tournament rematch. How fun is that for you? And uh, what's the what's the discussion going to be like, if any, with with Coach Stetzer this week? It's pretty scary when I can say I've known Coach Stetzer for over thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we played against each other in high school. We're the same age, and um, I got a lot of respect for him. He's a good guy. He's a great football player, great coach. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a heavyweight, heavyweight, heavyweight match here with him and um, Egg Harbor. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, we talked last week, Coach, where you guys had to submit, you know, your intent to play in this uh, regional tournament. And there were some teams that said, hey, we're going to pack it in for the season. We're done. Uh, we'll see in 2023. For you guys to get this opportunity and then to get this win under your belt with you know the young core that you guys do have with a, a team that is a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors, for them to experience that taste of winning and that level and that uh, you know playing field of winning, I mean, even after one game, I would have to say, signing up for this this tournament was worth it 110 percent yeah i couldn't agree with you more that's why we did it um i want our kids playing as many games as possible getting that experience you know you play in practice so you get an opportunity to, to compete and that's what it's about competing you cannot generate that in a practice setting i mean the kids go out there and work hard but you get the officials you get the chain crew you get the um the fans the game unis the whole nine play on the best fields, you know, when you play a game. So you can't duplicate that on um, practice field. So we want to play as many games as possible. That's what I've always been about here. I'm going into year 10. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that we were able to, uh, you know, that our administration here at the Donnie Robbins, our athletic director, was able to, uh, you know, agree with what I wanted and, and signed off on it. And, you know, looking at that EHT game, uh, from a few weeks ago, what are some things early on here? As we record this on Saturday, obviously for uh, some different circumstances, which we'll get into in just a bit. But um, you know, trying to to learn from some of the the things that happened in in that game, correct some mistakes. What are some things you guys are looking forward to this week in practice to getting after and uh, making sure that you correct those mistakes from the previous matchup? Yeah, well, hold this four. Four plays in that game. Three long passes, the one bubble that went for 80 yards or whatever it was. Um, we eliminate those, we're going to beat them. And that's what our focus is, eliminating the long plays. Like I said, Tank is back. Please throw it to number three. Um, he'll be out there on the field. We've actually made some changes at free safety and strong. We've got some guys in there last month that played really well. Um, but we have to eliminate the big plays and um, play our brand of football, which – you know, we're getting better at. So we're going to work hard and work on, you know, getting off the field, getting our defense off the field on third, you know, on third down. 
and getting ready for, you know, with the specials, with the punt and uh, all that stuff and doing a better job on third down with us. Um, but it's going to be, like I said, all the respect in the world for Coach Setzer and his football program there at EHT, but we're going to go out there and um, I can guarantee you one thing, our kids will be ready to compete. And, you know, uh, have we gotten any uh, live updates here from uh, the play heard around the internet? Yeah, so I'm still waiting for a few extra things, but I, I am prepared to, to discuss that with you. Um, first of all, thankfully, we have you up in the booth and we have um, Rich Scarpa. And, um, you know, thanks to someone who's done a lot for the violent community, Mr. John Sobrana, starting this over 30 years ago, this VPS Broadcasting Network. And um, currently, Mr. Sobrana sits on our Board of Education and makes sure that it continues to happen and that we have the Vineland Public Schools Broadcasting um, Station. Uh, Gia Missouri, uh, Doug Viola, our cameraman. Gia runs it now. Uh, she was working for Mr. Sobrana for years, and now she's running you know, our VP, VPS Broadcasting. They're doing a fantastic job because basically these high school games are filmed on huddle everyone has huddle and it's clips and i don't think that clip would have been in huddle uh, i just don't see how it would have happened but in addition to uh, having huddle we have our own broadcasting station which i just mentioned and um doug was actually able to zoom in on it and uh yourself and rich were able to comment on it um, i saw it live and um, I've seen some comments. Some are saying the head coach should have done more. I did everything in my power uh, to reverse that call. I complained about it. You obviously don't see me on film because they were zooming in on the chains. I questioned it live um, from across the field. I saw it, and the ref was actually standing in front of it. And I, number one, like our two guests, um, expressed to you i thought that it wasn't a great spot i thought even with the poor spot we still stopped them and we were getting the offense ready to go into the field and when i saw them measuring i noticed what i thought was the official moving the ball forward and i said what to the guy on my sideline they have earpieces and he they went over and i said you ask him what the hell that was because it looked to me like he pushed the ball forward so they responded by he turned the ball, which is normal. And I said, I've never seen that before. And, um, you know, I complained about it, and, but they weren't going to reverse it. Unfortunately, in high school settings, you don't have instant replay like the colleges and um, the pros do. So I was basically helpless. I did express my opinion. I wasn't happy. None of the coaches were happy. My athletic director was right there, wasn't happy. Um, I don't understand. We're waiting for an explanation. I do know this. And I don't, obviously I've received multiple calls. I know what's going on in social media. You know, we didn't post anything. We didn't comment anything on social media. We're doing our best here. We respect the process. We respect the officials. We respect our governing board with the NJSIA. Uh, but I can comment on some things where I do know that the um, entire crew, from what I understand, has been placed on leave pending the investigation. No one's guilty 
or not guilty. They're investigating it. Obviously, it's a na- it's national news. Um, millions of people have seen it. The video is the video. Um, they're going to look into it more. Um, they've requested more video that I've provided as far as our huddle and um, VPS and the video that's circulating around social media. Um, but what I just want to you know, say is if everybody can just respect the process of the investigation. We've got some really good leadership at the NJSIA level. Um, I've been in touch with them. Our athletic director, Mr. Robbins, has spoken with them. We're doing everything on our end that we've been asked to do. Um, I'm not sure what happened. It's like I said, it's under investigation, but from my vantage point live, I felt like the ball was moved forward. I didn't really see the the chain pulled back like that, but on video I did see it. And, um, you know, it's concerning because two plays later they score, makes it um, 19-14. We're thinking – you know, we're putting the offense out there. We're going to run clock and run the ball and win 14-13 at that point. Um, it would have been real unfortunate if we ended up losing the game on something like that. But it, it was very significant. Um, it extended their drive. Like you saw live, you were there as well commentating. And I want to say two plays later, they um, they scored. And... Um, it really would have been disheartening sitting here talking to you if we had lost that game. But fortunately, Xavion, you know, I got the team together on special teams. We did change something up. I don't want to really discuss. Can't give Coach Stetzer any any intel. We did make a correction on our special teams, and Xavion saw the alley, and he took advantage of it, and he he did a great job. And um, we were able to get the ball and then just – Two goals at the end, score and run clock. We didn't want to put them back on the field and give them an opportunity, you know, to kick a field goal. We tried to go for two. I felt like that was close to close play, but I guess we came up a little short. Um, but fortunately for us, we won the game, and the rest is history. But this is a pending investigation. You know, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. So I know that our officiating chapter is looking into it. The state level's looking into it. Um, getting a little um, more seasoned as a coach. I had all kinds of people that that, that night after we're celebrating our victory at um, Robbie Bono's place, Double Eagle, um, where we like to go after our wins and um, support you know our, our local sports bar there with uh, Robbie Bono, who does and his family do a lot for our football program. But um, my phone all night was getting text messages, video clips of that. And I didn't reach out to anybody. I was waiting. Nowadays I sleep on things and wake up the next morning and then process a little more and just take my time. And I was scheduled to go in and see, you know, Mr. Robbins and discuss it and see, you know, how we wanted to handle it. But before we could do anything, it was already spreading like wildfire on social media. So by the time, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, talk to my athletic director. There was hundreds of thousands of people that have already seen it. And then once it got on Barstool, right? Yeah, it went on Barstool. It went on NFL memes. It, yeah. I, I had text messages. Obviously, you know, us having been podcasting now for almost five years, I have people 
all over the place that I, I'm able to talk to, especially during football season. I had people tagging me in the tweet saying, isn't this your game? Is this the yeah. game you call? And I sent it to a couple of my buddies. I was like, you'll never guess what game went viral. And they're like, that was your game? I was like, yeah, you can hear me in the background like of the recording from Kevin Minnick's uh, phone recording saying, what? I know. Same here. Um, a lot of the coaches I've made contacts with the last 10 years here in college, they were like, couldn't believe it, texting me and saying, how did how did that happen? I said, damn, it's under investigation. Your like, guess is as good as ours. Like, um, you know, but getting back to the it live, I did question it. So some of the comments I've read, and there's too many, I, I can't even keep up with it. But I noticed once, and I think I should have thrown a water cooler or clipboard or this or that out on the field. First of all, I don't operate like that, or I wouldn't really have a job. you got to act accordingly and, you know, I'm in charge of some student athletes here that if I act like that, they're going to do the same. I've seen programs where the head coach acts like that and the kids act like that. And we don't do that here. Um, I'm disciplined. Um, you know, I, I get a little emotional at times too and do what I have to do to get my team in position to win games. But if I'm going to act like that, then if I throw a cooler, then guess what? My kids are going to be throwing coolers and doing this and that. So for some of these people that comment, if they're going to listen to our podcast here, I'm just going to tell you right now, we don't operate like that. You have to show discipline. I wasn't happy. I expressed my opinion. Um, the officials disagreed with me. And, um, you know, there's nothing else I could do. Um, like I said, we don't have the benefit of instant replay in high school. I don't know if any state does, but we do not. We don't have the manpower in the state or school districts to do that. We're already short-handed and short-staffed. I don't know how that would even work. Um, you know, some people have made comments that, what do you expect with the officials? They get $107 a day. And I, I said, well, guess what? Pay them more. Pay coaches more because they don't make any money either. And you won't have these problems. Like I said, you know, paying a guy $107 to ref officiate a game that's going to be there for four hours after taxes, I mean, it's nothing. Same with coaching, you know, you have to compensate people for their time. And if you want better officials and better coaches, then maybe you should compensate them better. And that'll be my message uh, to people. Um, work long hours. It's like a second job. It really is. And um, to get higher quality coaches and officials, maybe you should compensate them more. That's my message to people if they want to listen to this. 100%. And, uh, you know, I also have to give a shout-out to uh, – Former violent high school football player Marcelino Ojeda, he shared the initial clip on Facebook, and then uh, I think that's what led Kevin Minnick to recording it, and then that's what, uh, like you said, made it spread like wildfire. So it started with an alumni. Well, I'll tell you, that night for me, it started a half hour after the game. My son got wind of it. People are texting him. People are texting me, sending the video. We have a big following on our VPS broadcast. I mean, I look at it. Not sure how it works, but at times I see five, six, seven thousand people that have watched our game, which is pretty incredible to me for a high school game. Um, I'm not sure how they calculate that. If it's one viewer, if you watch it more than once, but I can't imagine how many people watch it more than once. But we've got a nice following, a nice support. There's a lot of violent people all over the country that watch it. You know, I get messages all the time. Great game. Congratulations. People living all over the place. So, like I said earlier, thanks to Mr. John Sobrana who um, I think is going for a third term here for our Violent Board of Education. Um, he's done a great job his entire 
career here with his professional career. Now he's volunteering as a board member for the, you know, school system. Credit to him to having that vision. He had um, years ago, John's video to go. You probably don't even know what that is because you're. I've younger. heard of it, but I, I don't. Um, he started with that. Well, he started journalism before that. I think he was with the Daily Journal and some other outlets as well. But then he had his own business. Matter of fact, he might have been doing both at one time. But um, I grew up with his son, John. They were on Kirkwood. I was on McLean Drive there in Franklin Heights. And um, I've known Mr. Sobrano my entire life. I've, uh, I went to school with John, his son. Friends with his other son, Jimmy. He grew up with my brother, Matt. So we go way back. And um, thanks to that vision he had, Probably close to 40 years ago, we have our own Vineland Broadcasting Station, which is excellent. We have our TV channel, I think, with Verizon and Comcast, and then we have it streamed live on YouTube. And um, it's getting better every year. I want to figure out, I've spoken with Gia, too, Missouri, who's doing a fantastic job about getting some type of uh, replay, too, that I think will really enhance uh, the show. Um, but they do a wonderful job. Doug, the is excellent. You think it's a big production, you have like 10 or 20 people working, but it's really like four or five people. It's Gina, it's Doug, it's you, it's Rich, basically. Yep. Four people, you know, doing the commentary and um, setting up all that equipment. Not an easy job. You know, fortunately, we have Huddle and we have Coach Ecker, who's doing a fantastic job. Rowan Adams has been doing our end zone view. Um, Coach Hank, who's a violent guy, Coach Breeze have been helping out with the bird's eye. It's actually three people running our camera on huddle. So our huddle video is for us, which we've shared with the state and the officials. They've asked for it. So your view is much better than ours. I've looked at all the views. I even have Eastern's view. Um, but our, um, our VPS had the best um, angle, you know. So, you know, hopefully... Nothing's really going to come out of it other than maybe they, the, the, some of the officials that made that decision are going to have to answer for on their end. But as far as, you know, they wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. Once the score is done, it's done. They wouldn't have, even with this video evidence, you're not going to take a game away from a team that, you know, won it on the score where they just don't do those types of things. But, you know, there'll be some consequences, in my opinion, only for maybe the people that made the decisions during the course of, of that game. Yeah, and I, I do have to say, you know, big, big uh, shout out and credits to Doug Diola because not only uh, is it already a small group that's uh, doing the broadcast, Gia was over doing the NJHS induction ceremony by herself. Wow. Doug was a one-man band on Thursday night, and for him to wow. be able to zoom in, that. get that camera angle and everything, yeah. Wow. Doug was, was lone wolf on Thursday because Gia was at the NJHS induction so Doug, you know, zooming in there and, and getting that uh, that shot. Bravo. Hats off to Doug. What a great guy he is, too, Doug. He does a fantastic job. I didn't know he was by himself. Um, not only did he have the footage, but actually zoomed in almost like they do in the NFL, you know. It was, and they have probably um, 500 people working a game for them with all the angles and what mm -hmm. they're doing. Who knows what they have. But um, one guy doing that, Doug Diola. Wow, great job, Doug. Um, he's been with us a long time as well. So appreciate everything everyone does for us in the football program. And um, fortunately, it worked out. Absolutely. Came away with a big win, Coach. Yeah, but like I said, you know, 
trying to be respectful here, not act out of character. I saw some of the comments. There's only so much I can do in my position, but we did question it live. You know, we're going to respect the process. The NJSIA is looking into it. They'll have a statement, I'm sure, if they don't already. But I was waiting to see if there's any additional information. But the only thing I can tell you, it's, an, it's, it's ongoing. But at this time, I know that um, the entire crew has possibly been put on leave. So they're just going to, they're not saying they're guilty. They're not saying they're innocent. They're just, they're on leave until, you know, this investigation's over. And um, the NJSA has been great to us. Um, reached out to us almost immediately. Um, Ms. McGuire is doing a fantastic job, set up this bracket for us. Uh, that was her idea along with her team. And um, we're real happy to um, be able to participate in it. And um, I'm proud that no one really on my staff or myself or our administration overreacted. We're just respecting the process. Um, we're going to see what their findings lead to. And um, we have 100% faith in the NJSIA. And um, we're just focused right now on Egg Harbor. But um, like we've mentioned multiple times already, um, fortunately, we were able to uh, overcome that adversity. Our kids put in a full four quarters. We actually had some additional adversity. In addition to that call, we had a couple turnovers that I, you know, wish went the other way. I felt like if the turnovers didn't happen and um, they don't get that first down, you know, we probably win by a couple touchdowns because it was getting to that point where um, we had the momentum and I felt like, you know, our offensive line with playing one way mostly was overpowering them and I felt like we could have scored more. But, um, you know, the best team doesn't always win on the scoreboard, as you know. So we were just happy. I felt like we were the better team that night and um, we were able to get it on the scoreboard as well. 100%. And now uh, all focus turns to a rematch with Egg Harbor Township, Coach Stetzer, and the Eagles as uh, you guys get set for another uh, regional postseason tournament matchup, which is very exciting, you know, just for the trajectory of, of this iteration of Vineland High School football uh, to get another game like this, another, uh, you know, big time moment game uh to prepare for i mean i'm excited to see you know just the response from this team because i know it's going to be nothing but positive i agree with you um our kids will be lock, laser locked focused here um it's a big game obviously we have a little extra motivation this time around you know their kids they don't know any better egg harbor they're just running on the field celebrating their win their team pulled it out you know, I wasn't, you know, it's, it's a little unusual. I don't, I've never seen that before, like right on the field running through us that when you're shaking hands, usually the fans will wait like in the corner for you and cheer, you know, high school. I don't, I don't remember it really ever happening in my career here with any opposing team or us really doing it, but it could have. But this one, you know, they had a, you know, a passionate fan base there that night. Were you there for that game, or was it one of your? Yeah, uh, I was there. You saw it, so calling from from the outdoors. <laughs> you know, um, their administration ap apologized. Coach Stetzer apologized, and I said, "Listen, don't worry about their kids." And my message to the kids was: after the game, they were upset too. I said, "Listen, if you win the game, they don't do that. So let's just leave it at that. 
win the game, you keep them off the field. And um, that'll be the message this week. I don't think we'll see the students doing that again. I'm sure that they've been um, – it's been addressed by the um, school district there. But um, I'm looking forward to a rematch, and so are my boys. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and like you mentioned, Thursday night, 5 o'clock kickoff at EHT. Um I'm just excited. Like this is a, uh, it's a big time, you know, step forward. I think for this program, and uh, you guys are are sitting in the driver's seat. I think with the momentum and and just the the focus of, of where uh, this next opportunity lies. Our kids, you know, obviously wanted to beat Eastern, but they were definitely motivated not only to beat Eastern, but they wanted the rematch. And, um, we didn't want to discuss it. We could talk about it a few times, but then once we were locked in the practice and everything, I said the focus is Easter now, and the kids did a good job. We were able to beat Eastern, and it'll get us into this game here. So, you know, we're liking Thursday night football. You know, it's a change-up. You know, it's a short week. we got a nice three-day weekend now. I'm looking forward to watching Rutgers at 2.30 here and uh, watching Tyreen play. But um, our kids needed these three days to get um, – to get healthy it's that time of the year where we have some things you're, you're a little nicked up but i think um instead of bringing them in extra for a little extra work or practice i think it was best to give them you know friday saturday sunday off which we did um, they need their rest as well their bodies are recuperating um, we had a saturday game and then going into a thursday game so mm-hmm. you know i i wanted to give them that break so i did yeah hundred percent and now uh it all leads into a rematch with eht on thursday night at egg harbor township five o'clock p.m kickoff uh come on out and support the fighting clan if you're in the area or you can check it out like we've mentioned on the vineland public schools youtube channel uh it's streamed every single game day make sure you subscribe over there and make sure you subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia podcast feed apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts that's where you get the Dan Russo Show each and every week during Vineland High School football season. Follow Vineland Football on social media, the Red and Gray Gridiron Group Facebook page, at VinelandFB on Twitter. And make sure you follow Underground Sports Philadelphia as well, at UndergroundPHI. And subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of the Dan Russo Show each and every week. And uh, hit that like button, comment down below your thoughts on the upcoming matchup. And uh, ring the bell icon so you don't miss any episodes of the Dan Russo Show. Coach, any final thoughts now going into uh, EHT? A few things. Um, first of all, I'd like to you know thank you and Rich for the great job you're doing. You guys are phenomenal. Very enjoyable being able to watch the broadcast after. You know, you guys very knowledgeable and um, always positive with our kids, and we really appreciate it. I'd like to thank Jim Cavaliero also, our Twitter and Facebook guy. Actually, in addition to that, like I've mentioned, he's on the sideline with me doing uh, our stats, which are on nj.com. Inputting our scores, um, you know, Jim does a lot for me. So thanks. Appreciate it, Jimmy, all you do. He um, helps me out too. He works for the city of Island. You know, we need fields uh, for some of our other you know, teams here with JV and freshmen. And uh, we appreciate that. You know, he 
works with Bill Deccan, who works for the City of Island as well, who, um, if it's available and um, they can help us out, they help us out. So really appreciate that. You know, the cheerleaders the other night, you know, this game was scheduled late and the band wasn't able to make it. Um, they had some rehearsals, things like that. They had a big competition uh, this weekend, so they weren't able to make it. So I'm wishing them good luck this weekend with their competition. But I just would like to thank the cheerleaders and Coach Broom for um, Thursday night, short notice being there. They had their own sound system and speakers and performed and went out there, and I can hear them all game long. Even I, even though I have a headset on, they're always cheering for the guys and you know, getting the, the crowd into it. And I like to thank the fans that went out the other night. We had actually had a nice crowd the other night for a short noticed game on a Thursday night in Vineland. Um, so they got to see a double header. They got to see Eastern at Vineland and they got to go home and watch the Ravens and the Buccaneers. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to thank the fans the other night. You know, we had a nice little crowd, you know, Robbie Bono has been doing our concessions, but, um, I told him I didn't think there'd be that many people there. So, you know, Nick Basil was able to uh, get his vendor in there. I feel like he has this, it's called the Sweet Tooth over on. I think that's what it Randy was, yeah. And um, Orchard. Mm -hmm. so the, gentleman, the gentleman was a great guy. Uh, special thanks to the Blitz, Coach Basil, uh, for feeding the kids after the game. Every one of our players, you know, was treated to a hot dog or two. And, um, some chips and a drink. So coach Nick Basil, who runs the blitz was able to put that together for us. And I'd like to say thank you to him as well, but we have, you know, a lot of great people involved with our program. Also the sponsors, you know, you see our sponsorships on the sideline. I'd like to thank them as well. So as we're winding down here in our last month, you know, just like to thank everyone that supports us. It's not an easy gig. We've had a tough schedule. I feel like, you know, five of our losses were teams ranked in like the top 10 or 15. And our kids are hanging in there. Like I said, we obviously we have some seniors playing, but we have a young group sticking together. And, um, you know, the coaching staff has been positive. It's not easy. They have full-time jobs and then they come here after work. And um, they're working hard to, to uh, put these kids in the right position to compete and uh, finish this season out on a strong note, which we intend on doing. Everybody's giving a hundred percent with the staff and the, and the players. And, um, you know, we're highly motivated for this week. We're going to put in our work this week and be ready for Thursday. Um, we're going to be rocking our white jerseys with the red and gray helmets. We're going to go with some black pants and the red socks and, um, change it up a little bit. Last time we went down there in all white, we're going to give it a different look. So, um, it's fun to do changing up our combinations keeps the kids uh, motivated, energized. They like, um, you know, looking good. And I'm, we're proud that we're able to provide that form through, you know, the district here and also with some private donations as far as some of the combinations with their uniforms. So, uh, kids will be ready. Um, depend on working hard this week and, um, we're ready to go. Right. I'm ready to go now, man. Saturday, I'm all juiced up. I like playing these old Cape schools, you know. When the idea was floated to join the WJFL, you know, we're excited, but I do miss the old Cape now. Sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone, and um, I kind of miss the old Cape Atlantic uh, League. 
divisions with football. Um, but it makes us better as a program, playing different teams. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But looking forward to Thursday night, playing EHT. It should be a um, really good game, two good programs with a lot of history. And um, like you mentioned, the, the coaches here, Coach Stetzer and I have some history as well. So I have a lot of respect for him, a lot of respect for Egg Harbor. They have respect for us. And um, it's going to be a heavyweight, uh, heavyweight battle here, man, with two heavyweights, two group fives going at it, old school rivals. So hopefully people can get to the game. It's early, 5 o'clock, or if not, they can tune in on VPS. Absolutely. And uh, looking forward to Thursday night. And, uh, Coach, hopefully next week, we're talking about uh, not another referee story and another big Vineland High School football win. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I'd like to thank all the people that have supported us with this controversy here. Um, a lot of positive comments, you know, on social media and sending it to my phone, text messaging and um, emails, things like that. So, like I mentioned before, the message to everybody is – you know, just respect the process. Let's slow down a little bit. Um, let the um, leadership at the state level with the officials do their jobs. They will. And um, I'm sure they'll be having some type of announcement in the near future. But respect the process. Let's not, you know, overreact. And um, I'm sure they'll be issuing a statement this week sometime. So we're looking forward to seeing that resolved and moving forward to EHT. And um, just going to look out there, um, go out there and have some fun and play some football and uh, keep getting back on track here. Um, proud of the kids, the way they held it, you know, the way they handled adversity of the night, we're able to pull that out a one-point win, which a win is a win, I tell them. No matter how you get it, you just, you know, do your best to win the game, and they did. And, uh, you know, it's a good feeling. Absolutely. So uh, congratulations, Coach, once again. And a uh, big thank you to Dan and Tank for hopping on the show this week as our uh, our MVPs of the week. And uh, like we mentioned, Thursday night, 5 o'clock p.m., come on out to EHT if you're able to make it out. If not, it will be available to view on the Vineland Public Schools YouTube channel and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feeds or YouTube channel so you don't miss out on the Dan Russo Show each and every week. But this has been another edition of the Dan Russo Show, presented by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group and Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Coach Russo, I'm Kyle Bennett. We will see you all here next week. Just a kid from the neighborhood, rock kids from a neighborhood. Take me back to 96, I fall asleep with the radio on.